This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Sierra uh, Dr. and Whitney Pittman as well. There is light snow being seen this morning in northeastern South Dakota, southeastern North Dakota, and portions of northwest Minnesota. The snow should be ending later today, and another round of snow is expected tomorrow morning in south-central South Dakota before expanding into eastern South Dakota and western Minnesota in the afternoon and tomorrow night. The National Weather Service in Aberdeen says southern South Dakota will likely receive two to four inches of heavy wet snow in that midweek system. DTN meteorologist John Baranek says while La Nina is beginning to weaken, conditions can be expected to remain through spring. Unfortunately, I mean, we've been in La Nina conditions here for the last couple of years. Uh, they look like they're finally getting out of here. Uh, we're headed towards a neutral state in spring, which means we'll finally get out of La Nina's influence, but it's going to take some time to do that. So unfortunately, that means uh, we still have to deal with La Nina's influence through our spring. Um, you know, that typically means clipper systems coming out of, of uh, the uh, Canadian prairies right through the, the north central U.S. here, and it typically means colder conditions as well. So we usually have a slower start to spring. Speaking at the North Dakota Grain Dealers Convention, Baranek says it will take time to melt our snowpack. We've got some pretty good snowpack up here, which is good for the soil moisture because we went into the uh, into the winter here with some pretty low soil moisture across most of the area. Uh, we've gotten at least some good uh, snowpack on top of that. Um, but, you know, if, if the cold does linger in here uh, for quite some time into April, and so uh, we, it, it might be really difficult, really slow to get some of that uh, uh, snow to, to finally melt and get out of the system. North Dakota Senator John Hoven stopped to talk farm bill at the North Dakota Grain Dealers Association annual meeting in Fargo. Hoven remains optimistic that farm bill can be passed this year. We should write a farm bill this year. I sure hope we can get it done. We're already hard at work on it. We've had hearings. Matter of fact, I had Senator Bozeman, who's the ranking Republican on Ag, out here uh, with me, and we had a farm bill hearing uh, just a few months ago. Uh, so we're already working on it, and uh, I'm cer certainly hopeful that we can get it done this year. Number one priority, crop insurance, right up front. Then the countercyclical safety net. Obviously, the sugar program is incredibly important. Already hard work on that. Trade and conservation are also on that list of priorities. And, you know, there'll be a focus on that, carbon capture, that kind of thing. But they need to be flexible, and they need to be farmer-friendly. So that's really the key. You know, one of the challenges we're going to have in the Farm Bill is having the resources to do it right. We need to make sure we sustain crop insurance on the countercyclical safety net. That has to be updated. So that's ARC and PLC. But those reference prices have to be brought up with inflation in order to make that work for our producers. So that's going to take resources. So we've got to prioritize those resources. Basis levels for nearby soybean delivery remains very strong. However, North Dakota State University crops marketing economist Frayne Olson says basis levels for February delivery are eroding fast. Yeah, we've, we've, we've been talking for a while now that given the really early planting season and quick planting season in Brazil, especially northern Brazil, that our export window for U.S. soybeans is going to be shortened up this year because once that crop starts to hit the marketplace, a lot of the international buyers, especially in, in China, is going to start to switch to Brazil. And we're now seeing that show up in the basis levels. So if you look at basis for January delivery 
at your local elevator versus a February delivery at your local elevator. You're starting to see 20, 25, in some places 30 cent difference just in that one month time span. And Olson says that basis is signaling move those soybeans now. So we're starting to see the market signaling that, yep, if you want to get your beans moved, let's do it quick. If not, our window is closing very fast. And again, the marketplace right now is expecting to see you know, that shift going on probably sometime in February. The environment has been the main driver behind the development of the renewable energy business, but that is changing. The head of the International Energy Agency said energy security is now the primary consideration. Russia's invasion of Ukraine resulted in more demand for dependable local sources of energy, especially in Europe. The international energy official spoke at the Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, and he said renewables are the energy of peace and they're the solution for energy security. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. When operational, the three proposed soybean crush facilities in North Dakota are expected to utilize nearly 70% of the state's soybean production. North Dakota Grain Dealers Association's Executive Vice President Stu Letcher says that will be a game changer for any company handling soybeans. These processing plants are gonna, not going to have enough storage to handle all the product that they need to on site, so they're going to have to rely on some commercials. But you're going to see the way the, the moves change. We're going to be you know, shorter hauls, and uh, so that's going to be an interesting transition as we look at, okay, those those moves happen by rail, do they happen by truck, and if they happen by truck, what's that going to do to our current infrastructure? We're going to have to have a, are, where are we going to get the trucks to make those moves? There's a lot of questions to be answered yet. The North Dakota Grain Dealers Association's annual meeting wraps up today in Fargo with its election and business meeting. The U.S. spring wheat industry faces headwinds in the international marketplace. When the Russian-Ukrainian war began, analysts forecast a significant decline in exports from the Black Sea region. North Dakota Wheat Commission Policy and Marketing Director Jim Peterson says that has not materialized. You know, unfortunately, as the year has unfolded, we've seen a, a pretty aggressive push by, you know, the EU and the UN and, and other players to get the Ukraine shipping corridor going, and so they've been able to ship out more wheat you know, primarily corn, but also wheat than, than anticipated. So that's put some pressure on the market. A record Australian wheat crop has also hurt U.S. exports. Canada also had a much better crop than what was expected, and that has been and they've been able to capture more of the front end sales. Our spring wheat exports are higher year on year, but still probably below where we need to be. And so I'm hoping that we'll have some better opportunities this spring. You know, stocks in Canada are getting tighter. Uh, our prices are definitely more competitive now. I think our producers are probably in a little more sell uh, position. So I think that may give some more fluidity to our export sales. And we'll see what happens, but we definitely need to see uh, a pickup in exports going forward. Otherwise, you have one of those variables that will hopefully help hold wheat acres may not be there this spring. So. The number of heifers on feed is high, indicating herd rebuilding hasn't started yet. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. University of Nebraska-Lincoln Assistant Professor of Livestock Marketing Elia Dennis says herd liquidation has been accelerated by dry conditions in the upper Midwest and southern plains. 
we really started liquidating slowly in 2019. That kind of picked up in 2020 and really accelerated during 2021 and 2022. When we talk about herd liquidation, we also, in the same breath, really talk about herd rebuilding. And the way that we rebuild herds is through really retaining more animals back into our herd. And the easiest way to do that if we've liquidated cows during the contraction is retaining new heifers to be brought back in. On average, a cow will stay in a herd for about five years. And so when we talk about looking at where heifers are right now, we're thinking about, you know, what is that calf crop going to be like really in 2024? Dennis says retainment of heifers started last year, but he expects it to pick up pending the upcoming growing season and moisture levels. Right now, the, the trend is slowly starting to turn right now. When we look at total heifers, total number of heifers that are sold through feeder cattle auctions that are weighing over 600 pounds. And when we look at those numbers, that actually shows that really from the second half, second part of last year, we really started to see a decline from its peak of total numbers. So that would indicate that there are at least some retention happening. And then the second really strong number that we have is total heifers on feed as a percentage total cattle on feed. Really, we're sitting at pretty high, but we started to, to come down just a little bit. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Food prices have outpaced general inflation. According to USDA economist Matt McLaughlin, food prices rose nearly 10.5%, while general inflation slowed in December by a half percentage point. We do expect food prices to continue to increase into uh, 2023. However, we expect that the rate of this increase will lie well below uh, the very rapid uh, food price increases we saw in 2022. Beef prices have already declined slightly by 3%, but in comparison, egg prices have surged by nearly 60% since December. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A document is available to help farmers and ranchers navigate carbon markets. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The Farmer's Guide to Carbon Markets is now available free of charge for those interested in navigating carbon credit contracts. The Minnesota Farmers Union and the Farmers Legal Action Group has published the document that is available free of charge at flaginc.org. Big Stone County Farmers Union President Peter Schwagel was part of the advisory committee tasked with creating the guide. Carbon markets are definitely part of the future, I think, for farmers and something we're going to see more often. And there is a lot of confusion on it. We're releasing a farmer's guide to carbon markets, giving farmers a heads up about what to expect, about what a carbon contract could look like, things that we should be thinking about before you sign on that dotted line. So just giving farmers some background, uh, I think is really helpful. And we're really excited to get that resource out into the public. Without industry standards, Schwegel says this guide should help farmers know what to expect from a carbon contract. Right now, the carbon market world is kind of a wild west. Um, there's not a lot of regulations and standards out in the industry. There are fairly large corporations who have all set fairly ambitious climate and emissions goals. Farmers are obviously doing a lot of work on the landscape right now and have huge potential to sequester carbon with our farming practices. So the carbon markets have 
sprung up as an intermediary to kind of span that bridge between the farmers who are sequestering that carbon and some of the corporations who would like to be offsetting some of their emissions. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Mexico has implemented a 50% tariff on white corn exports. The government said the move is needed to maintain domestic supplies. Mexico is self-sufficient in the production of white corn for human consumption, but is dependent on imports of yellow corn, primarily from the U.S. We're back trading again in the uh, overnight trade as we speak. We have Minneapolis wheat March down 12 cents at $9 and a quarter penny. Chicago wheat for March down 10 and a half, and KC wheat March down 10 and a half as well. March corn, four and a half lower, 670 and a half. The December contract, 594 and three quarters, down three and three quarters. March soybeans, 1520 and a half, down seven and a quarter. July down by six and a half. Everything uh, in the red for the most part uh, on the screen as we speak. On the farm calendar this morning, the small grain update meetings, uh, the Clay County crops update in Dilworth this morning, that is a nine o'clock start. Also, as we look to the calendar, uh, we have that precision planting winter conference uh, going on. It'll be Wednesday and Thursday of this week, a new location in the region this year. They're going to be in Grand Forks, so take note. And the uh, North Dakota Grazing Lands Coalition has its annual meeting and winter conference tomorrow and Thursday. Their uh, conference will be held in Bismarck. Have yourself a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.